1: Welcome to another great episode of the Red X Podcast. I'm Robert Sullivan. I'll be your host today. And today I'm joined with Dan Elzer, a veteran of the program. Dan, we're so happy to have you here. Say hi to the audience real quick.
0: Hello, everybody. It's great to be here with you again. Robert's good to see you, my friend. <laughs> and,
1: and and sporting the Red X t-shirt. It well, I very... told you. You, you guys <laughs> sent it
0: to me. I feel like part of the team, so I got to wear yes. it. Yes. You know?
1: well, I mean, you've been on enough. You are part of the team, Dan. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> And well, before we get going, and today, I am excited because uh, the title of today is "The market has Shifted. Have you?" And we're gonna talk about what really everyone's talked about, but really get in the details of what it means in your business and and how to have a thriving business right now, regardless of that. But before we jump all the way into that, just a couple housekeeping items. Of course, it's a participatory event today. So uh, I see a couple people already in the comments tell us where you're joining us from. Say hi, say hi to Dan. And then uh, throughout the program, if you've got some questions, throw them on there, wherever you're uh, watching or listening, Facebook, YouTube, wherever it might be. And we'll try to get to them during, during the show. If we don't, uh, just join us in our Red our, our Red X prospecting community on Facebook, and we can continue the conversation there. And always, as always, subscribe to the podcast and listen to us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, uh, and you'll always know what's coming up next. But now let's get into uh, into today's show with Dan. Dan, I know you've been on several times before, but if you just take uh, you know a, a minute and introduce yourselves to those uh, joining in today, and then uh, and then we'll get into our topic.
0: Fabulous. Well, I've been in our industry since 87. I got into real estate in 87, had a company from 88 to 98, sold it, and that led me into consulting, which led me into uh, designing and developing content for training. And I have been engaged in training and consulting in our industry ever since then. I have dabbled one more time, got to open up another real estate company when I had a building company. So I, I, it was just to support the building company, but I jumped back in and built a small team for my building company. So I've been in and out of this business and around it for a very long time.
1: <laughs> and, and maybe in that time, the market has changed once or twice.
0: Yeah. Uh, the other day we were we were talking about that and we were able to I was talking to my old vice president. We we were able to identify four major corrections we went through and and, you know, because we were relating it to today. And what did we do? What was the what was the strategy reaction, you know, critical thinking that went behind dealing with it? And the difference we found is our four came very close to each other you know, there wasn't a lot of space in between there. And we've gone a good decade, um, maybe 12 years shy of the financial crisis. And when yeah. we were rewarded after the financial crisis with some great rates. But uh, other than that one, we've got a very long time without a normal adjustment to the market.
1: Yeah. And so I, th- I think we just start there before we dive into uh, really the all the skills and everything uh, to survive right now. But like, We've heard a lot on our show, on other shows, uh, on comments on social media, wherever the market is shifting or the market has shifted. But what does that what does that even mean? I mean, what market are we in right now?
0: Well, here's how we broke it down, or how I have broken it down. Um, the real simple facts are: we had an accommodative marketplace. The Federal Reserve, everybody was accommodative to us, so we had low rates, we had liquidity, excess cash being printed, and that. Just lifted all boats, you know. High tide lifted all boats. The good news there was we got a nice run. Um, we pushed demand forward. You know, if you remember uh, cash for clunkers and all that back years <laughs> ago, you know they they proved that you pushed all these people forward to buy vehicles to get rid of old ones and buy new ones. And then shortly after that, there was a really bad time for car dealers because when you push demand forward, you always end up with something, some type of reaction. So we've been doing that for a while. So it's really simple the way I will explain to a company or to an agent is we went from a market of urgency where you had fear of missing out to a market of quality. There's still demand, but the demand is based in qualitative things, not fear of missing out. And real estate professionals that don't make that shift are still marketing and speaking to the high demand fear of missing out crowd. And they're talking to people that don't have that need anymore. So there's that mismatch, and there's a lot mm-hmm. of people missing a lot of business because of it, because they're not aligned with the way the consumer is thinking today.
1: Yeah, and and we know like obviously there's some real uh, obvious things that happen, interest rates being the biggest one that we saw start happening last year, but. When did it shift? Is it done shifting? You know, what are, are we in a brand new market now? And so, so now now we need to shift everything. What are we at? Or, or when did well, it we
0: at? if you go back to uh, March of last year, that's when the Federal Reserve got out of being accommodative. They stopped buying the bonds, so the interest rates started to float. Then they started selling bonds to get cash out of the market. So March, June, and August were big spikes in. Uh, the economy for us, which really put the brakes on things. So that's when it began. Um, you know, I'm a geek about the the market <laughs> and the Fed and stuff. I think the Fed's not done. Uh, we had a high consumer price index number come out. We had uh, jobs come out stronger than expected. Uh, so I think that we've got one more quarter of the consumer being uncertain because of, of that. And I think come the fourth quarter, we'll consolidate. And I truly believe next year, won't be a boom year like you know the the past two, but it's gonna go back to a market where pros can do great. And and not that they're doing bad now. That's the other thing I don't want to get yeah. mixed up. Our pros that are really the ones that do their prospecting, work their sphere, do the right things, they've had a good market. They haven't noticed a bad market. Um, but the people that were riding the urgency wave and more in a wait in in take a take a lead instead of find a lead those people are now going what's happened you know who moved my cheese type of approach but i think um keep doing the right things right now you'll be fine but next year position yourself going into the first of next year i think can be a, an amazing place to be
1: yeah so that's that's good news hopefully everyone tuning in actually hears instead of the oh no it's shifted oh no rates increased we can hear this uh, actual positive message which i think we're missing a lot of that like hey Come uh, come Q1 of next year, we're we're ready to see things coming back. So so, what should agents then be doing right now? Okay. To one, I, I, there's probably some out there going, "Wait, wait." There's people that didn't notice it shifted and are doing just fine, and then there's people that say, "Well, I want to be that person and be ready for next year." What should agents be doing right now?
0: Okay, first, it's a mindset, uh, Robert. Um, I, I I battle the inventory myth constantly. I have people constantly tell me, "Damn, but there's no inventory. There's no inventory." Well, for two and a half years, I've been told there's no inventory, and if you go to, you can go to the St. Louis Federal Reserve. They track uh, NAR stat, stats. We've had between 1.7 and 2.7 months of inventory for two years. If there was no inventory, that would have dried up.
1: Yeah, but people if, have to understand. <laughs> yeah,
0: people have to understand that the market is supplying enough inventory for the sales we're doing for it to stay steady at two months. So. The problem is, if you're waiting for the day, this is on my buyer agents, if you're waiting for the day to go to the MLS, find your three, four homes and go show them and sell a house, they're gone. I think they're gone for a good 24 months. But if you get proactive and balance your business, you know, off camera, we were talking about business models. If you're a balanced agent business model where you are working your listings, but you have to be proactive. You will do amazing. And that's what the old pros never stopped doing. They worked their sphere. They did, you know, we were sharing with you about expireds. I I, I love when people tell me there's no expireds and I'll have whoever I'm speaking at, whatever company I'm speaking at, I'll have the owner run expireds and they always give me (laughs) a sheet of expireds, but I'll go out and do the the talk in front of all their agents and their agents will tell me, Dan, there are no expireds here. I hold up the sheet and I go, well, here's a whole sheet of them. Everybody's (laughs) like, where'd you get that? I go, I just had your owner run it for me. We don't even look for them, Robert. You know, we, I mean, now, now our, our Red X people, hopefully you yeah. guys are on the ball, man. Using the tools, leveraging Red X as, as your digital partner and, and assistant to bring that to you. But the ones that aren't are, are lost because that urgency market went away. So there's not the next person willing to do whatever it takes to get into a house. It's just not there like it was before.
1: Yeah. So, so we have this mindset. We understand where inventory is at, understand that there are expires, there are for sale by owners. There are people actively trying to sell their home and, and, and as an agent we can help them. Uh, so we, we shift our mindset a little bit and then what, so now we understand we're in a market that we can actually get business. What do we do next?
0: Well, then it's all about our value proposition. And this is goes back to a, a market of urgency to a market of need and quality. Um, where before a, and I use the term all the time, a feature dump, where before a feature dump to a seller or to a potential seller would work to get them into the market, now we have to get deeper into our value proposition. We have to ask the right questions to find that subcategory of need. There's a fear in there. There's a need. If we don't cure that, if we stay on the surface with our value proposition and that's where we dump, you know, I'm good. I'm great. This is what I do. I, No, no. I've got to dis- first I have to discover and diagnose. I mean, you might have one fear. Let's say your fear is, Dan, I'm, I'm going to be selling a house with a low interest rate, and I got to get into another house. I'm 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 worried. Well, what I've found through my through my whole career is most of these people have never done the math on what that really means. So if I can learn that that's the fear, sit down and be the trusted advisor and do the math, and it's an overcomable fear, all of a sudden I have a person that's in forward motion and I get a listing, I get a sale, I might pick up you know, a good buyer out of it. But if I am very cursory or if I'm waiting for them to come to me, mm-hmm. that's just not gonna happen. So the next step is I have to sharpen my skills for discovery. Um, got a little saying, treatment before diagnosis is malpractice. <laughs> got to diagnose before I go treat anybody because their need today might be very specific Versus the broad needs that we had before,
1: okay. And and uh, and we've got people that are agreeing with you on the comments. And yeah, I like that. Um, Maybe walk us through because you're talking to people doing this all the time. Walk us through maybe an example or or just how do you go about that discovery and that diagnosis?
0: So one one of the things that we got away from over the last decade, you know, uh, again take the take the financial crisis out. We had a big. Uh, influx of digital opportunities and that digital prospecting opportunities shy of you guys was 98% on the buyer side. Um, we started to have tighter inventories. So more and more agents felt, you know, there's no listings, I might as well work buyers. So we have a huge group of people over on the buy side. Now that the market is more uh, quality again, and you need to be balanced. The example is I, I can't I'm not going to get a call from you, Robert, going, come list my house. It still happens, but I'm not going to get that as often as I might be at an event or I might be at a social gathering and we engage and you, and now we're talking and and I'm wearing something that says the company I work with, you know, got Advantage Realty on my chest and and you go, oh, you're in real estate. I go, yeah. Nine out of 10 times you're going to say, how's the market? Well, the problem now is how do I respond to that? How do I create an opportunity? And the first thing I want everybody out there to know in in our SWAT program, if some of you guys I know have been through it, some of my friends out there, but in our SWAT training program, the number one most important thing in today's market is getting an in-person appointment. We cannot function without sitting with people and talking to them and learning about them. It's not urgent anymore. So my goal is I meet you, you go, how's the market? I'm gonna give you, the market's still great. You just gotta know how to approach it And then I got to have some discovery on you. You know, what are your plans in real estate? Or maybe I come back and do this and go, the market's fabulous. I'm still struggling with one thing. And I'll pause and you'll say, well, what's that? And I'll go, got a lot of people that want to live in our neighborhood here. You know, the housing market is tight. I just can't find the perfect home for them. Maybe you can help me out. And they're like, well, what are you looking for? And, And now I'm talking about the needs of someone else. And then you might turn around and say, well, we've been thinking about it. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about, about getting granular in that conversation, because it's not just going to happen in, like it did in the urgent market. Um, go to FISBOs, let's say. A FISBO is a FISBO for a reason today. You can't show up at a FISBO's house and list it. You have to go to a FISBO's house and diagnose them, find out what that reason is, and then help them discover that maybe they're not the best person to solve the problem. But if I go in there and say, hey, you're making a mistake being a FISBO, you need me. <laughs> I'm going to get nowhere with them. And then the same, you know, when we go to expireds, and I, you know, there's past ones I've done with you guys with, uh, with my expired script. But if you go to an expired to determine why the house didn't sell and share it as a trusted advisor versus go to an expired to list it, I'll list four times the number of houses you do. Because if I can go in there and find out why it didn't sell, have that conversation, gain that trust, then they'll ask, can I solve the problem that I discovered. And when I can present that I can solve it again, value proposition. Yeah. They're like, you're the one. Where have you been all my life? So we got to slow down. We've got to be more curious. That's my word about discovery right now. I want you to be curious as heck out there. And then come in with your value proposition.
1: Yeah. And I like it because I mean everything you just said is a natural conversation, one that you can have with anybody in your sphere or a FISBO or expired. And uh, and if you're doing the the if you're asking the questions, if you're being genuine about it, uh, and carrying a normal conversation, then once you diagnose it, now all of a sudden you've found common ground of where you can help with the solution. So, I, I I I like that a lot. Um, but I guess you make it sound really easy. So why aren't agents doing that right now in the market as it's changed? What, what What's stopping people? And and maybe if someone's out there saying, oh, I, I could be better at that or what, what, what's going on? Why, why doesn't everyone just do that?
0: Two things. Um, and I start with the quote I gave you off camera. Uh, the quote I've been using from last year into this year for, for real estate professionals is, never forget that your habits are stronger than your knowledge. What I mean by that is the habit that's been formed over the last two, three years of the boom market has you performing in a way in the marketplace, has you feature dumping, has you expecting things to work a certain way, responding a certain way. That's habit. Now, we all know habits are hard to break. My mind might be going, I have to do things differently, but then my body will go do something completely <laughs> opposite. And I and I use as an example, Robert, we just moved 10 years in a, a space down the road, about eight miles. We moved to this new suite starting this year and i'm a smart guy i mean i i helped move you know for two weeks i I moved personal stuff in here first week of the year three of the five days i drove to the old office (laughs) that's a habit i didn't drive there because i wanted to matter of fact i drove there thinking about the new office i didn't realize i was there until i was pulling down the street (laughs) going why am i here
1: yeah
0: if we don't recognize habits are stronger than knowledge then We're not going to adjust. So what does that mean? I have to catch myself doing it wrong and I have to have the desire to correct. So that's one. Two is is, as much as some real estate agents do not want to do this, there are essential skills that were not necessary over the last five, six years that they don't have as a mastery anymore. That means you have to go seek a professional skill-based essential program that will teach you the right way, and if you'll do that and suck it up, if you've been in the business a while, it doesn't mean that you're you're a bad agent. It means you're sharpening your you're sharpening your saw, you're sharpening your tools and your skills. You know, I always talk about you know mastery. You don't want the surgeon that kind of did the surgery once upon a time, and now <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try it on you. No, we want the surgeon that's been a master at it. Well, same with the consumer. This consumer wants. The person who's a master. And if we are failing in some of those areas because of habit or because we're not skilled, that's going to cost us in this market.
1: Yeah. And, and so there's probably a lot of, I mean, I, I get that a lot, that I, under the habits. And I love the example of driving to the office because I, I, I've, I've done that before too. <laughs> and uh, and it makes a lot of sense because obviously you have the knowledge of where you meant to go, but your habits override that. Um and But people might be coming from a lot of different areas of which habit they need to get better at or skill they need to get better at. But What would you say is the most common? What's the number one thing that you'd say, look, there are a lot of things everyone could get better at or that need to practice right now, but this, the number one thing is what?
0: For me, the number one thing is engagement. Um, I think because of digital prospecting things and lead gen and all that, we got used to being in an order taking world in the boom. And I don't say that to be mean to anybody, but most agents are in some form waiting for the next lead, the next opportunity to do something. So the first skill is engagement. How can you engage? And that's why I use the word curious, you know? Yeah. I can get you, you know, people say to me, Dan, I wanna move into the luxury market. I go, have you been to a social setting or a social event with the luxury people? And they're like, no. I go, well, luxury people do business with people they know. You have to go immerse yourself in that luxury market you have to be curious, you have to ask questions you have to become engaged and then all of a sudden someone will say to you, "Hey I, I might need to talk to you you're not gonna you're not going to move or shift your market by hoping and you're yeah. not going to do it by advertising I'm sorry folks, but you're not going to do it advertising <laughs> either. you have to get out there and and really engage i I live by ten laws they're taped to my my uh, desk here for 27 years, I have these 10 laws and one is meet more people. And it's defined as never let the sun go down without knowing someone you didn't know yesterday. And then make sure you found out if they had a need. And so when I talk to agents about that, I go, you want to do something great, follow my law, meet more people. If you work five days a week, 48 weeks a year, that's 240 days of work. If you meet somebody new, every day for 240 days, you can't tell me that after meeting 240 people that you engaged properly and found out if they had a need, you wouldn't be rich in real estate. I mean, you just can't tell me you can yeah. And that's just one a day, you know, but you've got to get into the engagement and the proactivity of doing something. If your confidences are low, and, and I like to share this too, um, I found there's layered fears. When people move to the list side, some people are afraid of being in that house. You know, what is that presentation, that value proposition is supposed to look like? And then some people are also then afraid of the engagement. I don't want to be told no. So I call those layered fears. Uh, that's why I, I suggest, you know, my program or some program to learn to be that person in the house, that value proposition. Because if you nail the value proposition and the control of the listing appointment, you now have a desire to have an appointment. I don't think people realize the subconscious power of having that layered fear. I, I, I kind of prospect, but there's a subconscious fear that if they said, yes, I've got another fear, now I don't know, I'm, I'm afraid of the next level. Master something, master that, that second part, you'll have a desire to go meet people, you'll have a desire to get as many of those appointments as you can. So any of my people that are making that shift into a balanced approach again, where half your business is list, half is buy, you gotta be a master at getting in that door and ba- making that value proposition.
1: Yeah. And you walked through what I, we've been talking a lot about it this year. It's because it comes, it's, it's pretty simple and but you got to practice it. You got to get better at it and and you got to do it over and over again, but it comes down to knowing who you want to be in front of. Is it expired? Is it luxury? Is it FISBO? Actually doing the work to get in front of them and then making a human connection. Right. And, 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 and that last part is, is, you know, yeah, and I think you've said it uh, quite a few times in different ways. People are like, oh, I don't know if I want to get on the phones. I don't, no one closes a deal without making a human connection first. Correct. <laughs> That's going to happen.
0: And, and, and come on, Robert, you, there's, there are so many ways. Um, like I said, when I tell agents, meet more people. If you just walked outside and went somewhere and met one person every day for 240 days and you wore something that had your, your real estate company on it, you cannot tell me you wouldn't do business. You just can't. Yeah. You know, the worst agent would stumble on business if they met 240 people. The mistake that's made is the habit is to wait for the opportunity or order take or expect that the opportunity should come to you, either through your company or through some lead thing that you've paid for. That expectation is killing people right now. The conversion rate, and I'm not going to say names, but I track these companies that do that on the buy side. Their conversion rate has dropped dramatically in their own reporting. So, if, I mean, you wouldn't put a ball player on a, a ball field in the conversion rate that the buyer side's going at right now. <laughs> so, you know, you got to take that into, to, into effect and say, I got to balance myself. I got to find a way to get on both sides of this game. So I'm in control. And one of the great things about that is I always say this, if if you went out and got say eight listings, let's just say that eight yeah. listings. And in today's world, seven of them would sell. And statistically, of the seven, four of those sellers would buy from you. So you just did 11 transactions and you never hunted a buyer.
1: All on the seller side. Yeah.
0: And now, then I go, and while you're doing those 11 transactions, you're feeling pretty good. And some of you out there might be going, Dan, eleven's not enough. I love you. You know, but yeah. you're also not <laughs> struggling with some of the base skills then. Um, but, off of those 11, off of those listings that I had, I might double dip a deal. I'll pick up a few people that I can vet into being great. If I'm doing my just listed, just sold, walk in the neighborhood, introducing myself, I'll pick up a few more listings. All of a sudden that turns into 16, 20 transactions and I'm in the top 10% of my market in most places.
1: Yeah, and it is. And it comes down to getting to know people and having those authentic conversations and uh, and and, and get, having the skills and the confidence to move that forward. I love it. Now, you've mentioned it a couple times. And so I want to make sure that we have an opportunity to say, it. but um, if people are looking to uh, get better skills, you're one of the people they can talk to. Where do they go uh, if they want to know more about what you do, Dan?
0: Well, we, I put together years ago, a program called Real Estate SWAT School. I'm a former cop. I was on our SWAT team. Uh, it's about mastering this business. It's a eight-week online program. At it's scrolling across there at reswatschool.com. And it's, and guys, I mean, Robert, you know some of the pricing out there of people who do what I do. Uh, we brought this price down so low, we don't want anyone to not be able to do it. It's $279 for an eight week space learning program where you have access to all the videos for 10 solid weeks. You graduate from it, you get your cert, but, uh, the, the results of it, the reviews of it, we don't have a single bad review of everyone that's taken it. And at the end of the day, all of my graduates, I invite to a quarterly webinar where I keep them updated and motivated. So all these graduates that have been building, we have this huge group of people every quarter on a webinar, learning and understanding what's next in the market. If it's not my program, guys, if you don't come to SWAT and spend the 279 bucks, then go find something. But status quo is not a good plan B. Uh, we've got to shift. The market has shifted. You know, the question I always ask, has the market shifted dramatically? And agents go, yes. I go, have you shifted dramatically? And they go, no, you have to shift dramatically. And whatever's uncomfortable today becomes normal tomorrow if you just do it for a while. You know, that's, it's one of those things. We've got to force ourselves through, through skill building, through mastery, and this job, is going to become the easiest job through into next year because most agents will stay paralyzed and you won't have the competition you've been dealing with the last couple of years
1: that that's a that's a great thought to have is is now is the time right it's not too late it's definitely not too early uh to have the skills that will set you apart and as the market continues to shift or sift really you'll come out right. on top
0: exactly so it's, a,
1: it's a great time to do it dan uh there's been a so many comments about just loving the approach and the advice that you gave given today we are running short on time but is there any last words that you want to share or like, that we didn't get to or just what would be your closing thoughts as we
0: well some closing thoughts for everybody is you know take a deep breath and put a plan together uh you know the greatest way is you know do block time management you know put some blocks together and give yourself you know regardless how schizophrenic your world is. Give yourself two hours, hour and a half to two hours a day, five days a week to be purposeful. And I always go, you know, if you weren't doing it yesterday, you don't have to be doing it tomorrow, but sooner or later, you got to move into doing it. So let's take baby steps and just start with a couple hours. What are you going to do proactively for those two hours? And then go back to the noise of the day. But what most people will do is wait for time to arrive to do something new. Carve that time out. And say, you know what, I'm going to put the brakes on everything for this hour and a half every day for five days a week for the next three months. And I promise you, you will move into a whole different model and a whole different mindset by giving yourself that time and that space to be proactive.
1: Dan, thank you. I love the advice. Uh, The whole conversation, uh, we have a lot of guests on here. And today we got into real meat, things that people can do uh, right now to uh, to be a better agent and get the listings and get the kind of business that they want. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, and uh, and everybody, uh, if you want to hear more from Dan or be able to be part of his program, uh, reswatschool.com, make sure you check him out. Or they can and go to uh,
0: danelzer.com. Dan and Dan Elzer. Oh, Dan, Dan Elzer.com.
1: <laughs> and you'll <laughs> right.
0: find everything there, You know, either reswatschool or danelzer.com. You can also send us a note at danelzer.com. If you've got a question, we'd be happy to to converse with you.
1: Amazing. And thank you for that offer for everyone in the audience. Uh, Dan, you're a busy man. Thank you for being with us today. Everybody in the audience, thank you for tuning in, whether you're listening live or uh, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. We're uh, so happy that you tuned in. Remember to subscribe so you always know what's coming up next. And we will see you next week, same time and place, uh, for more uh, great guests here on the Red X Podcast. Thanks again and have a great day.
0: Thank you,